Life Audio. Was very much struggling to believe that God could possibly love me. My salvation was a mistake that he's like, well, you prayed the prayer, so I have to let you in, but don't bother me. And I felt like I was a constant disappointment to him. So when it came to the food issues and the, you know, body image issues, I was afraid to talk to him about it. Because I thought you must be, first of all, on one side, you're so disappointed with me that this is an issue. And on the other side, you don't care about this. This is something I have to take care of apart from it. Hey, friend, you're in for a treat today. Heather Creekmore here. Today I'm talking to my friend, Jana, who was one of my clients in the fall in the Body Image Freedom Framework online course and group coaching program. And Jana is amazing. She's a church leader. She's a pastor's wife. She's a women's ministry director. Okay, Jana knew her stuff. And yet, she humbly entered the group coaching program because she knew she was still stuck in this one area. And she felt like she shouldn't still be stuck in this one area, but she was. And I love Jonna's story. I loved being a part of the journey that God took her on this fall. And she's going to tell you all about it today. So I can't wait for you to hear it. Hey, have you gotten the 40-Day Body Image Workbook yet? And if you have, how's it going? How's your reading going? First, if you've gotten like most of the way through it, if you're done, thank you. Thank you for reading it. And would you consider leaving a review on Amazon of the book? That helps other people find it. But also, would you consider joining our 40-day reading challenge? Even if you've already read the book, you can go back through it, have your questions answered, or maybe you do what I do and you read the book, but you don't answer the questions. Okay, who's guilty? Who's raising their hand right now? You just kind of like to skim through things quickly and get the gist of it, but digging in is a little harder. Hey, this is your chance. Dig in with me. Let's do it for Lent. 40 days, you and me and a group of other Christian women. Let's work through this content so that you can be on the path to body image freedom like Jonna is. Now, Jonna did my group coaching, which is a lot more intensive, but maybe this is your first start. Maybe this is your baby step until you're ready for coaching. So go check it out, improvebodyimage.com, or there's a link in the show notes. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Jonna, welcome to the Compared to Who show. Thank you, Heather. It's good to be here. God definitely worked in some ways that I wasn't expecting and I'm really grateful that he did. Um, so I'll just jump right into how I got here. Awesome. Okay. Go for it. So um, I did not grow up in a Christian home, although I became a Christian at a young age. Um, my parents divorced when I was a year old. And and then my mom remarried. And the man that she married was kind of like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And he, he 
was unfaithful to her for pretty much the whole marriage. And so I was close to three when they got married and then they almost divorced when I was nine. They divorced when I was 15. They remarried when I was 16 and then they divorced again when I was 17. So it was just a, you know, just makes it for a very insecure home. And um, the way I coped was by eating a lot. Um, and I would just kind of binge. I would make cookie dough as early as I can remember that I would be able to do that. And I would eat the whole thing um, and make myself really sick. And, and then along with that, I have, I'm one, I'm the youngest of four from that marriage. And then I have others from, from my, my dad's second marriage, but um, my brother who I love very much and I, I pretty much idolized he would make fun of how fat I was. When I look back at pictures, I wasn't fat, <laughs> but he would just, I think it was just, you know, what brothers do that they just make fun of you. But I took it to heart. And I remember when I was 10 years old, I had a boyfriend. Uh, I remember his name very clearly. Don't remember a lot of people's names, but I remember his. And he heard my brother call me fat. And he said, Johnny, you're not fat. You just have fat arms. Mm -hmm. And I am 55 years old and I still hate my arms, but I'm learning not to. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that kind of set me on a, oh, that is bad. And, and then when I was in high school going through all the stuff that I was going through, I, I would gain weight and lose weight and gain weight and lose weight. And I just realized while I was in high school that I get a lot better attention when I'm thin than when I'm overweight. And so it kind of started to be just ingrained in my mind that thin makes me valuable. And on top of that, then in college, uh, I remember I also, my, my weight would fluctuate by about 25 pounds. I was a, I was a music major and I lived across the street from school music. I was walking across the street to get to my classes and somebody drove by. I had no idea who they were. And they just screamed out, lose some weight. Wow. as loud as they could. And I was horrified. I was alone, but still like, obviously it's mm -hmm. been a long time and it still sticks with me. And then I lost a bunch of weight. Um, and one of my close friends that was also a music major, it was a guy. He said, Jana, you look so good. I mean, not good enough to be in a bikini, but mm -hmm. you look really good. And so it kind of just solidified in my mind. Oh, heavy is bad. Thin is good. And so I just, my weight continued to fluctuate um, probably until I got married when I was 26 and then I kind of just settled. Um, but it's still, even though my weight didn't really change a whole lot after that, it just was still always ingrained in my mind that my value was found in what I look like and yeah. not necessarily in anything else that I had to offer. Yeah. Um, and so then um, I started to get into more of like the healthy eating versus, well, when I had my first daughter, I gained 70 pounds. Um, I was, I, my liver and my kidneys don't work right when I'm pregnant. So that was part of it. But still, even after six months after she was born, I still was 60 pounds heavier. And so rather than like get into fad diets and stuff. I mean, I did, I didn't know that's what I was doing. I just ate low fat, um, which of course now we all know is uh -huh. bad for you. 
<laughs> um, but, but it was exercise. I always wanted to be somebody who would exercise. And so I started exercising and I dropped an enormous amount of weight. Um, and, but then it was once I lost the weight, as so many people say, it didn't matter because you, you, there's always more you can do. You never, once you get there, I remember one time I had lost all the weight, one of the many times I had lost all the weight and I, I was walking out of the gym and I thought, okay, now what, what mm -hmm. does this matter that yeah. I've lost all this weight? And, um, and so I just kind of kept, um, going with the exercise thinking I could I used to say um so I've done a couple of triath I've done a lot of triathlons and two marathons and um and I would say I'd love my Saturday runs where I'd have to run 14 16 miles or whatever because that meant I could eat anything I wanted all day long and I did it was all about the food and I used to say I exercise to support my eating habit mm -hmm. but my relationship with God all along was really important to me. And I kind of realized I'm exercising two hours, two and a half hours a day. And um, this is not, and I was putting that before my time with the Lord. And I was at a point where if I, if I don't exercise, I was angry and I was um, just not fun to be with. Um because I didn't get to have that thing. And I was so afraid then my whole body, like one day of missing exercise now means that I'm going to gain 90 pounds. And um, the scale was just like, I would get on the scale and my day was determined by what that scale number was. I ended up going to um, get my master's in biblical counseling. I actually work for my church and the women's ministry director and director of biblical counseling. So I felt completely intimidated. I had started biblical counseling before my education. Very thankful that um, I was able to go to get schooling. But I remember one of the classes I took, we had to write down what we ate every day because it was learning about people with eating disorders. And my professor was awesome. She, no matter how many people she had in her class, we had to write write it down every day and send it to her. And every single day, she responded to every single one of us. And I remember her saying to me, so this is probably six or seven years ago, Donna, your righteousness is not measured by the number on the scale. I was like, no, that can't be right. <laughs> And she had me memorize Second or Second Timothy four, four and five, uh, for everything created by God is good and nothing mm -hmm. is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. And I started I memorized that, I started praying it and I was like, but no, that doesn't fit with what I'm thinking. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. 
Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Growing up the way I did, I, I don't want to, I mean, I'm one of four kids from my parents' first marriage. All of us are completely different. So I don't blame it on what I went through, but the way I responded to it was very much struggling to believe that God could possibly love me. My salvation was a mistake that he's like, well, you prayed the prayer, so I have to let you in, but don't bother me. And I felt like I was a constant disappointment to him. So when it came to the food issues and the, you know, body image issues, I was afraid to talk to him about it because I thought you must be, first of all, on one side, you're so disappointed with me that this is an issue. And on the other side, you don't care about this. This is something I have to take care of apart from you, even though I knew Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own, acknowledge him in all your ways all your ways except food ways mm -hmm. and then I even started like getting all these verses that I would um, study and pray through that were all about you know like Proverbs 27 it says it is not good to eat much honey nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory and I was like yeah it's not good to eat much honey so that means I should eat no honey mm -hmm. and like everything was I just have to use self-control and so about a year and a half ago, I started going, this isn't working. And I didn't want to keep counting calories. I've been counting calories my whole life. But I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And I'm, I am 55. And at some point, this isn't like, I, no matter how much I try, I cannot lose weight anymore. And at some point, I'm gonna have to accept this. And um and then I was at a biblical counseling conference last February and I had a hotel room to myself, which was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and every night I felt, and the, I felt so guilty for this, but every night I'd come home from the conference back to my hotel room and I would just listen to podcasts about Christian intuitive eating. Hmm. And um, I don't even know at the time I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Yeah. And then later I'm like, Oh, the Lord led me to this. There's just no question yeah. about it. And so then I started reading books and reading articles. I started, I got in touch with, actually, I responded to an email from Aaron Todd, who mm -hmm. um, has a podcast with Charlie Castle. And, um, and she asked, she responded or she sent an email and she asked three questions about, and I was like, well, she's never going to respond, but mm -hmm. I'm going to answer these questions. So I responded and I said, you know, I'm in ministry. I'm ashamed that this is a struggle for me. I'm a biblical counselor. I should know better and blah, blah, blah. And she responded back to me. And then she said, let's keep in touch. And so we got onto WhatsApp and we started sending each other videos. I'm like, I can't believe this woman is willing to meet with me. And she said, you should read this woman, Heather Creekmore's book compared to who and so I was like okay fine I'll read it and I'm reading it and then you talked about in that book you talked about when you find out you're overweight and you step on a scale and you need to lose some weight I was like wait a second I thought I would and I'm like stopped I stopped um, weighing myself 
And um, I'm like, wait, am I supposed to weigh myself? Like it, everything was like, this is a do or die situation. So I emailed you and you answered me. And I was like, <laughs> I can't believe she answered, answered me. And you said that you wish you could put little, you know, post-it notes or something over those things because you didn't start intuitive eating till later, which was really cool for me too, just to see that it doesn't have to be a one and done thing, that it is a process. And so I read your book. I read, I was listening to your podcast. I was going through other books and I was like, I just kind of cried out to the Lord one day. And I said, Lord, I don't, I, I am so ashamed because as a biblical counselor, I should know better. And I do know better, but I, I can't, I'm so stuck and I need help. And you had just announced that you were going to be doing this 12 week module. And, and I was like, well, I know that I won't be able to afford that. And then, um, then Aaron sent me a thing saying that for win women in ministry, that you were offering a discount. And then I reached out to you and you were like, yes. And, um, so I'll, I want to work with you and stuff. And it was like that day that, and I was like, Lord, I just asked you for help. You're giving this to me. It looked like it was going to fall through, but then it didn't. And, um, and then I, I was like so excited to be able to do your um, 12 week module. Now I'm doing your 40 day workbook. I thought, well, I probably don't need this because, um, you know, I've learned so much. I'm like, no, I said, <laughs> it's one of those things where you just have to keep it's, it has it had such a hold on my life for so many years that it's not something that I'm going to get over anytime soon. But like you said, um, in, when you started the 12 week module, or the 12 module course that um, we won't have, the struggle won't be gone, but we'll have the tools to know mm -hmm. how to fight it. And I am definitely fighting that. Um, it is a fight that I have to fight every day. And there are days that I'm so tempted. I'm like, oh, I can't stand the way my clothes fit or whatever. And I'm like, maybe I should just start dieting again, which I already know it won't work anyway. <sighs> but and I, I let my mind go there for a little while. And then I, it's like, the Lord just brings me back to that's not what matters that's not the most important thing and um so that's yeah. kind of how I got here yep. I love it yeah there's a couple of things I want to bring out okay so the okay. one thing that I don't think I heard this before and I don't think you mentioned this before but the drive-by guy in yeah. college I don't think I think that's the first time I'm hearing that Jonna and that I think is I don't, we need to like, just have a moment of silence for that <laughs> because it's a random stranger, right? I mean, probably, I don't know, probably a punk kid or something, you know, like random stranger, but wow, the yeah. impact of those words, what, 25, 30 years later, mm -hmm. you can probably like, so it's like, whoa, something probably something spiritual, unfortunately, was probably going on with that, right? Like mm -hmm. reinforcing all the messages the enemy was already bombarding you with, like, okay, here, we'll just help it with a, it's like a drive-by shooting. It's kind mm -hmm. of like what it was to your body yeah. image, to your, you know, identity. It was a drive-by shooting to your identity. And so, you know, I know there's women listening today that have their own drive-by shooting story. And maybe it was someone that wasn't a drive-by. Maybe it was someone that was constantly telling them these things, but, you know, even being able to, and I, I talk to women about this all the time, like, like see that 
recognize that, like hear that and then be like, wow, I've let that define me. Like I have taken those words and kept them hidden in my heart. Like we're supposed to do a scripture, right? Like, no, no more. So I think, I think that's an important, an important thing not to, not to gloss over, but then I'm trying to decide which way I want to go next. Oh, I love how you mentioned like Psalm 27 and like taking the part of the verse about the honey and making that your biblical truth, right? But then mm-hmm. skipping the last part of the verse about not seeking glory for yourself. I know. Well, see, that's just it. I'm like messed up on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> You're always- just normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what most of us. And so at that, at that point in your story, you're a Christian, right? You're, you're doing what I think too many of us have been taught to do with God's word. Like we're looking for like dieting advice, <laughs> scripture, which verse can I use to justify my desire to not eat a certain food so that I can have the kind of body I want. And, you know, I'm not saying that to shame or blame anyone because I've done it. (laughs) That's how I know it happens. Uh, But just kind of calling that out, like, wow, like, like even mature believers Mm -hmm. have something to learn. We've got something to learn in every arena. Right. But, but I feel like you have called out Jonna. And this is why I love the fact that it's you here sharing your story. In fact, just this week, I had two messages from women and they're both like, I've been at the church all my life. I'm a church leader. Like, certainly I can't have these issues, but I kind of have these issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's real. It's there. Yeah, for sure. And so what did it take for you internally in that battle of, I should know this. I shouldn't have to do a course. I'm a biblical counselor. I know all the answers. I had the classes. Like, what did it take for you internally to say, okay, maybe I do need help? Well, one of the things that I, so my husband taught this, my husband's our senior pastor, so, uh, but he loves the whole concept of biblical counseling. He was actually one who got me into it. Um, So he taught from the front, from 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18, and it, it basically says, that um, the the Holy Spirit is the one who transforms us. And we make this triangle, we're all about triangles at our church. So we make this triangle where the bottom um, corner on the, on the left is the word encounter, where we encounter God's word. And then the bottom on the right is engage, where once we encounter God's word, then we just engage our will to do what it says. And the problem with that is that's relying on our own strength. We call it muscling it. Um, and so I totally stole it from my husband. I totally um, expanded it. And and now they've let me teach it at our church with other biblical counselors and stuff. But um, at the top of the triangle, it's the word exalt. And, um, and what I teach, oh, <laughs> thanks, I'm raising my hand, sorry. So what I teach... Um, and what he taught is that our job is not to just encounter God's word and engage our will, but our go- job is to encounter God's word and take it to him and exalt him. 
Um, and exalting him is, yes, telling him who he is, how great he is and stuff. But exalting him is also just acknowledging, I can't do this without you. Um, and so I had, I knew that about so many parts of my life. And it even says that the Holy Spirit transforms us one degree of glory to the next. So it's going to be a process. But I guess I just felt like as a biblical counselor, I know how to say, Lord, I can't do this without you. Apparently, sometimes that means um, you're going to have to put other people in my life, <laughs> not just like to use your word, but to be encouragement, to call, to see things in me that I'm not seeing. And so I, I am so used to being able to say, God, I can't do this without you, but I didn't realize in this area. And I think there was just one day that, and it was the day that I just was like, oh, I need your help. Like, I can't do this. I can't just say this is what is true because I'm muscling it. And Lord, I don't have, I would say muscling it is like holding on to monkey bars and you hold on as long as you can, but eventually your fingers give out and you're just not strong enough. Doesn't matter how strong you are. Um, and I'm like, Lord, my fingers gave out. Yeah. And I think it's not just pastor's wives and biblical counselors who say, surely I can do this on my own. Oh yeah. I think it's, that's, I think that's the lie that the enemy uses to keep a lot of women from getting help. Right. But then I think it also kind of ties into what you were saying earlier. It's like, there's either shame around like, I shouldn't be dealing with this. Like, this is kind of an embarrassing thing to be dealing with. Right. Or there's a bit of a theology problem, right? Like God doesn't care about, like God has important things to deal with. And my tendency to want to eat Oreos all day is not <laughs> something that I need to bother him with. Like, surely I can get my own stuff together and just, you know, deal with this on my own. And yet we struggle. And yet the struggle keeps us from, I would say, without hesitation, it keeps us from doing what he's called us to do. Because I talk to women Absolutely. every week that are like, okay, yeah, I would totally lead a Bible study if I just like weighed a different amount. Or I would totally invite people together, but my house isn't very nice. And I'm kind of ashamed. Like, like there's all these obstacles that are image related obstacles yeah. that keep us from doing what it is he's asked us to do. And so it is a big deal. Like it is interrupting, I would say, what God wants us to do for him. And yet the enemy convinces us, well, you, why would you need help with that? That's a silly thing to like, well, spend money on. It's a silly thing to spend right. time on, like trying to fix that. Like, come on, just, you know, just go on another program. And I love how you said, like, even now there's still this temptation to just, just start another diet. And I talked to mm -hmm. Amy Reinecke, was like one of the first episodes we did. Um, and this calendar year in 2024 is like episode two of this year of this season of the podcast. And Amy was like, she called going on another diet, the easy button mm. That is, you can, you can go on another diet and you can lose some weight. Probably you'll probably gain it back, but that's an aside. You can believe you won't gain it back, whatever. Like I'm not going to get into your business there, but you haven't actually dealt with the issue, right? right. 
Like it, it's right. just like, okay, <laughs> I don't want to think about this heart stuff, this why I struggle stuff. I don't want to remember all the drive-by comments that were made about my, like, I don't want to go there. That's messy. That's hard. I'm just yeah. going to try to lose some weight and fix it. And it was yeah. definitely a very, very painful beginning going through the, the module um, because I was having to come to terms with things like that. And um, I remember several years ago, um, I've had actually, because I ran so much and my feet weren't really made, I'm, I'm a short five foot two woman. I'm not really made to be a runner, but I love to run. And um, I ended up having to have surgery on both my ankles, have my Achilles reconstructed. My, I, Thankfully, I did not lose my marriage in the process because he did not like the fact that I kept running when he knew I was in pain. Um, but I was running one day, this was before my surgeries and I, it was, I was in pain while I was running and I was praying and I was like, Lord, what, if I'm going to have to stop focusing on my exercise, what do you want me to focus on? And immediately the scripture from first Peter three came to mind that I would have the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And, um, and so I feel like looking back now, I'm like, wow, he has been working on me to get to this point and beyond this point. I mean, he's not leaving me here, praise the Lord, but um, to recognize that what real beauty is. And we have Proverbs 31, 30, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord. Yes, but Lord, I would like to fear you and be beautiful. <laughs> How about that plan? And um, he's. And, and this is the other thing I know I just keep, I love Psalm 27, four, it says, um, one thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And I was really thinking about this just in the last several days. I was like, Lord, I'm not exactly sure. Like I, I know I've read in revelation what it's going to be like with you on your throne and stuff, but to gaze upon your beauty. And all of a sudden I was like, I was avoiding that. Hmm. And all of a sudden it hit me. Well, if he says that for me, imperishable beauty is a gentle and quiet spirit, I'm thinking wrong about him. Hmm. The beauty of the Lord is his character, mm-hmm. his love, his grace, his mercy, his peace. And that's the beauty that he wants to give me. Yeah. Come back next time for the continuation of Jonna's story. I hope something today's helped you stop comparing and start living. The Compared to Podcast is part of the Life Audio Network of Podcasts. For more great Christian content, go to lifeaudio.com. found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose have you ever found yourself on the ledge my name is billy yates i'm a caring father mentor and friend in my new podcast billy and the goat i share the life-changing events that shaped who i am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen god can help you get up and thrive listen now at lifeaudio.com